Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Back in the saddle again. We're back in the saddle again. Okay, Gene Autry, what's that all about? Well, after our normal break, Coon Rapids Nissan and Walzer Nissan are back on the air with 10 months of terrible commercials. Ever think of hiring a copywriter? Pat's pretty good. Hey, we're selling cars, not carpets. Anyway, it's too expensive. Check out our new press release. This just in, Burnsville Nissan and Coon Rapids Nissan have started out 2022 as the number one and number two dealers in the state of Minnesota. Jason Leckler has been quoted as saying, this is the year I bump off Dan Resch. He studied animal husbandry for crying out loud. Dan replied with, blow it, J-Lo. What do you think? Mm, maybe you should hire a copywriter. Cool that they're leading the sales race, though. That's good. Yeah, it's actually more than good. Because they were so dominant last year, we've earned more than our fair share of new Nissans. We have 40 Altimas available for March and 120 Rogues. Check out the huge selection of Nissans at Burnsville Nissan and Coon Rapids Nissan. Hey folks, Brian Zepp here. Spring is gearing up, and if you're like me, you've already got the itch to hit the road. Make sure you and your motorcycle are ready with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, or Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. They've got 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets too. Order before 8 p.m. and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Get in gear and head to DennisKirk.com. Take it from Zap. They ship today. We are back. Alex is in. Uh, I'm here. Sorry. She's I've, in the studio. I've been on a child dance shoe extravaganza this morning. Do, 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 do. Trying do, to do, find do. pre-owned child dance shoes is All not. Right. Arch, we are ready for Paul. Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, Making Memories, which features the number one duet of Put Your Head on My Shoulder with Olivia Newton-John, My Way with Michael Buble, Andrea Bocelli, and You Are My Destiny with Il Divo. We, uh... They all just also just announced his 22-city North American concert tour. Well, we're going to have to get the schedule because he better be coming here is all I'm saying. You know what I mean? <laughs> Paul Anka, how are hey you, there. sir? Hey, how you doing, guys? Good to talk to you. Thank you for having me on. 
Oh, God, it's a great It's an honor to have you on, Paul. We're not worthy, let me put it that way. Well, we don't look at life that way. <laughs> <laughs> I've, lived, I, I've lived saying there's no one beneath me. I've had a great team, a lot of people around me, and it's a pleasure, and I've been coming to your hood for years and years, and uh, I think I might be in the area because the tour is uh, two-pronged. It'll be, you know, in October, November, and then next year also, which takes us into the spring. I think it'll be terrific, Mr. Anka. I got to ask you a question. Thank you. I, I can't look back. I can't remember when it. I think it was on the Tonight Show. Yeah, might have been a year or two ago, if you know what I'm saying, <laughs> or maybe a decade or two. But you were telling yeah. a story, and I was just fascinated. And I can't remember who it was, but I believe it was some of the some of the nice Catholic kids in the neighborhood, maybe Italians, which is why I didn't, you know. Yeah. They used to call you Palunka. Which I th- you remember telling oh, that? Oh, oh, I tell you what that is. You know, back in the 50s when, you know, pop music was in its inception, I traveled around the world and I really loved, you know, going to these foreign countries. Well, in the 60s when I, I, I finished my uh, contract at ABC, um, RCA Victor, who I joined with Presley and all those guys sure. over there, uh, they said, we've got this big new record studio in Italy. I said, wow, I want to go to Italy again. And I went over and I started recording in Italian. And, you know, we got real lucky and we sold millions of records. And it was like my song, Oni Volta, was like the first number one million seller in Italy. But, you know, you're talking language, like France to Spain to Germany. And, mm-hmm. and in Italy, my name was like one name. Like I'd go to a hotel, they'd say, oh, Mr. Palanca. <laughs> Polanka, 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 Polanka. Polanka. So that's all. The, that was it from the '60s on. So every time I run into an Italian from Italy, even in my concerts, Polanka. <laughs> that's where that came from. That's very true. Yes. Paul, I'm yes. telling you, Scott, I, I will never forget yes. you telling that story. I thought it was just hilarious because, I, like I said, I grew up a nice Catholic boy. Well, I don't know about a nice Catholic boy, yeah. but I, you know, I grew up in a yeah. in the culture, so it meant a lot to me. Man, I, I, it was a great story, no, no question. Well, thank you. As an altar boy, I had no vision that I'd be called Polanka six years later when I got the record. <laughs> it's true. His new album, yeah. Making Memories, features the number one duet to Put Your Head on My Shoulder with Olivia Newton-John, My Way with Michael Bublé and Andre Bocelli. You Are My Destiny with Il Devo. Just announced his 22-city North American concert tour. We got the schedule, and I will check that. Uh, it also coincides with Paul's. What does this say? Your 30th birthday? Is that what it says, Paul? Yeah, there was a misprint. It's not 80th birthday, it's 30. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. And to, yep. if you don't mind, spend a little time talking about, because, because what is the deal with TikTok? You're huge on TikTok. I have no idea. <laughs> you know, years ago, years ago, you know, through I, I only looked at my career in five-year increments. You, you know, who knew what all this stuff right. was happening? But... Um, I had no idea what it was. Uh, I found out through you know, some kids in the neighborhood who came to the front door and started singing, put it on my shoulder, and I'm going, okay, what's up? You know? And they said, TikTok, TikTok, it's on TikTok. Everybody, everybody said, well, what's TikTok? I had no idea. <laughs> well, obviously, I got educated real quick. Sure. And now you've got, I don't know, 100 million downloads on this thing in the doorway, the silhouette. Uh, you know, you just have to be grateful, frankly, because, you know, I don't live in the past. And, you know, a lot of people that come up to me 
uh, and talk about, oh, the music today, and we don't like this. I, I look, I go, stop. You're talking to the wrong guy here. You know, anything that's happening today, you've got to look at it and understand it's here. And whatever the demographic is that wraps their, their arms around it, it's real. And you just got to get it, okay? And not criticize or be judgmental. And it's, it's this, like you guys on your podcast, my son-in-law, Jason Bateman, just made a big deal sure. for his po- podcast. And I'm going on his and Rogan and, you know, who knew of podcasts right. years ago, right? No, you're right. And it's here and it's real and people eclectically live their lives and pick what they want that they, that's relevant, that has substance. So the whole TikTok thing, you know, great. Do what you want with it, you guys. You can run, undress, you can run down the street, you can whatever it is. Um, I get it, and I like it, and thank you, everybody, you know. No, it is a wonderful thing. One thing I, I have to tell you, uh, years ago, again, I was, let's mm. see, you're 30, so at the time I must have been 20, is what I'm thinking. Yeah, at least. So, <laughs> at least. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. But I was I would watch you on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson or the Joey yeah. Bishop show or whatever it was. And I was as impressed yeah. the way you comported yourself. You didn't come across as a guy who thought he was a big... I mean, you've written... You, you wrote the theme song for The Tonight Show, did you not? Yes, sir, I'm guilty. <laughs> I'm guilty. That's a, whole, that's a whole other story, you know. It's a... Uh, you know, my business, is, it starts with a phone call, you know. Yeah. Uh, in this instance, I was doing a, a TV special, and uh, I felt it needed some comedy relief. You know, it was just sitting looking at me for two hours on television. So I, I said, send me some kinescopes back then. That's what it was. And yeah. <laughs> I looked at one film, and there's this guy, Johnny Carson, and he, the whole concept was he was a, he drank all night till about 4 or 5 in the morning. Then he went and did a kiddie show two hours later. Oh, God. It was really hilarious, because you could imagine. So anyway, long story short, I hired him, and we met, and, and uh, I met him in New York, I think a few months later, and said, hey, John, what are you up to? He said, well, I'm going to do this TV show, it's, I don't know, Tonight Show. I may do it for a year. I went, <laughs> who knew, right? right. And uh, he said, I'm going to change this, I'm going to change that, and he said, I'm looking for a theme song. And I said, great. So I went in the studio, and I... We did a quick demo, it cost me about four or five hundred bucks, and uh, I sent it to him, and he said, God, I love it, I love it. He said, let me get it back to you. So he called me back, and he said, you know what, I can't do it, I can't use it. I said, why? He said, well, this guy, Skitch Henderson, that's the band leader, he's been there for a while, and he didn't want some kid cutting in on his action, and I thought, John, <laughs> I said, that's terrible news. I said, well, you think about it, but by the way, John, I'll give you half of all the royalties. Oh! That was the catch that nobody knows. So I, I gave him half of the song because I figured if he's on a year, I mean, I'd rather have something. So uh, he he called the next day again and said, you got it, you're on. Well, did we know he'd be on, what, 39 years? 39 years. So, yes, years. the answer is da-da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, this one little ditty uh, called My Way. Gee, I think I've heard of that one. Oh. Yeah, that was another story. That was, uh, you know, I, I was the youngest kid in Vegas, and all those guys were twice my age. And, you know, Bobby Darren and myself and Frankie Avalon, sure. we were teenagers doing this stuff. And we looked up, you know, it, it only went as far as the Rat Pack in Vegas. You know, there was no Beatles yet, and there was no Hendrix that changed it. And it was all about Sinatra, you know. And uh, so 
so I got lucky and I started working with these guys and learned a lot, as you can imagine. And he'd always tease me, you know, through the years about writing for him. Well, of course, my writing chops extended to teenagers. I, you know, he would, there would have been a horse's head in my bed if I'd even attempted to give him something. So, um, about four or five years later, we're in Florida and he was doing a movie and I was, uh, singing at the Fountain Blue. Oh, sure. And uh, he took me to dinner, and uh, he said, Kid, that was my nickname. We all had nicknames. You know, Dean was Dino, and Sammy was Smokey the Bear, on and on. So uh, he said, I'm quitting show business, and I'm doing one more album with Costa. And Costa was my A&R director who found me and made it all possible, and I introduced him to Sinatra. He said, I'm doing one more album, and that's it. I'm getting out of here. He said, you never wrote me a song. So I went back to New York. You know, where I was living at the time, and I, you know, I just couldn't get out of my head. Frank Sinatra, a guy quitting, and um, I started writing around midnight. Big thunderstorm outside, and uh, and it started to flow. I sat there metaphorically and started writing it. So few were writing it, and uh, around five, six in the morning, I finished it. I called him in Vegas. He was doing his last Caesar's Palace show, and I uh, flew out, gave it to him, looked at me, said, "I like it, kid." And about two, three months later. Get a phone call from Los Angeles. I'm in New York. And the operator uh, said, Frank Sinatra calling from the Sunset Sound recording. I said, yeah. He said, I take the call. He says, kid, listen to this. And he put the telephone up to a uh, speaker. And I heard it for the first time right there. And I started crying. I was oh. so happy. I just started crying, man. So it's gone on. I don't know how. You know, you get inspired and it's, you know, affected so many lives. I get letters from weddings to funerals to whatever. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those nights where it all came together, you know. Paul, the reason the reason I brought up uh, the Tonight Show theme song and My Way, and you just sealed the deal saying what you said. You started crying. When I watched you as yeah. a, you know, a young, young teenager, young boy, whatever, I always thought, Boy, he's such a nice guy. Being a huge star that he is, you always comported yourself very, very well. You never were impressed with yourself, too too much impressed with yourself. You were just a really good guest on the talk shows, I thought. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, it's... When you start out like I did, and I had a great family, you know, my father and mother made a rest. I was Canadian, which is a different environment up there. And they just pounded it into me. You know, they, they wanted me to be a lawyer. They didn't have any idea that this could happen. And, you know, everyone has to realize back in the 50s, you know, pop music was in its infancy stage. And, mm-hmm. and I was this kid running around, you know, trying to tell people, you know, I've got some songs. They'd laugh at me. There was none of this idol shows and all of that. And I even broke into the backstage at a rock concert where Fats Domino and Chuck Berry were oh, working. Oh, God. Yeah. I liked and I, I sang my song to Chuck Berry. He said, Kids, the worst song I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I learned rejection, and the irony of it was about a year or two later, I'm on the bill with uh, Chuck Berry, you know, singing Diana, which, uh, you know, in, in the, I was what, 56, you know, I went down during my Easter vacation. I had some money from my paper out. And, you know, I, I just believed, and uh, you know, one thing led to another, and recorded it in May, and all of a sudden, by August, I'm on American Bandstand, and just what I learned from the inception 
you know, at that time was, you know, like my family's, my father told me when I left, you know, he, he just gave me a Bible and, and he said, now you just be nice to everybody, but don't trust anybody. Good advice. And <laughs> I realized yeah. that as I got in this business, which, you know, was not the most favorable because you have all sorts of clients and what have you in behavior, I just said, you know what, if I'm watered at this badly and I got it, I'm just going to keep my nose clean and deal with it the best I can because, you know, the fallacy is that, you know, people shouldn't look up to any of us because we're, we were, we didn't start sophisticated. Most people didn't in life. You get lucky and you're traveling on this journey just trying to deal with that kind of ridiculous success. I mean, here I was at 15, 16, earning $300 a week. Oh. I mean, $300. I mean, move it around, it was $3 a week with my paper route, right? Right. So it really hits you. And, uh, then I became the youngest to work Vegas with the Rat Pack, and I'm going and mafia and all this stuff, and, and I was taught to behave. So, you know, I, I internally was that way anyway, because you just get a lot more in nice and, and appreciating what you got. It's just the way I deal with it. People make their choices and live or die by it. Mr. Anka, uh, my name's Ralph Basham. I'm on the podcast with Tom. You know, and, and uh, my wife had a brush with fame with you. Years ago, oh. and uh, <laughs> uh, and this is you know it's and it's, a, it's a good Italian uh, group uh, in Chicago uh, with uh, yeah. Steve Lombardo and Sweetwater. Oh, uh, my buddies! I love that restaurant. It, and then uh, now it's Gibson's, Gibson's yeah. And they, they, they I'm sure that yeah. you'll be dropping in when when you're there. But they uh, she ran she ran her name was Lindsay Cole at the time, and she ran with Marilyn Lang and uh, uh, Gina Tomasano. Uh, where, where, sure. the, where the, that that group where she was one of the the gals that were, were there, sort of in the shadows, but she she remembers uh, seeing you and uh, visiting with you. She it left a great memory for her. So thank you. Well, you know, hello. I'm, I'm sure she's still around. God, she hopefully, she is. Uh, that was my hangout. You know, Chicago was the key record uh, breaking city. That New York, Cleveland, etc. And um, and I'll be back there, you know, on the October tour in November. And it's always been very special, you know, for me. And I've been going to Lombardo's restaurants for years, and uh, they have a great product and they're good people. And they were my partners when I put up the first discotheque in Las Vegas called Jubilation. Oh. And uh, oh. they really do a great job. And um, hello out there to everybody, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that's very interesting because I, I remember Lindsay talking about Jubilation and the involvement that he had there. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was very interesting. You know, um, his other friend was uh, first name Bob. Um, who ended, Bob Martigo. Uh, Bob Martigo. He Bob ended, up, Martigo. ended up finally marrying Marilyn Lang. And they live in Vegas now. That's so right. I'm sure you she know. was a Playboy bunny, wasn't she? Yeah, well, she was a uh, Playmate of the Year. Oh. Yes, yep. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. that. Uh, yeah, Bob married her, and I, I haven't spoken to him in a few years, but Steve, I've been uh, very close to for many, many years. Yeah, it's a, it's a great bunch, great bunch of people in Chicago. Oh, the, the best. They're absolutely best. Steve is salt of the earth guy, for sure, for sure. Uh, in all honesty, I, I like to tell the truth, Paul. I, I, I was never Playmate of the Year. I'm very upset. <laughs> 
There's still time. Well, you know, you have something to look forward to, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's right down You'll the line. You'll be Playmate of the Year if you want it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Paul, yeah, so, even now, I think it's a wider door for you. Yeah. What's yeah, that's exactly right, Paul. The great thing about yeah. just sitting here talking to Paul Anka for me, my my wife is on the show, our son Andy, and our daughter Alex, and the connection that I that I make just talking to Paul Anka, with my children here, my wife here, my mother, who would be a hundred and one tomorrow if she were still alive, but she's not. She wow. thought you were God. I will tell you that, pal. I, but I suppose a lot of women did. Well, listen, I'm not a god, um, but certainly I appreciate, uh, you know, look, I, I respect those that have, you know, just lived that long, full life because they're doing something right. Yeah. You know, I've always been inspired by them because, you know, I've got a 16-year-old and uh, i got a life that I'm living that I appreciate, so I do everything I can to uh, stay alive as long as I can. And, uh, you know, the mothers of the world... And you guys that have them for a long time are very fortunate. You know, I lost mine when I was 18 years old. Oh, so God. That's sure. always been a tough one for me. But there, nobody liked them. You know, you, you've got to realize, as most of us do, you know, their purpose in life, uh, along with, you know, hopefully having a life of their own, is it's just amazing. So my hat's off to all the mothers in the world and to you guys and women that have them. No question. Paul, is, how does it... How do you take it internally when people like Olivia Newton-John, Michael Bublé, Andrea Bocelli, uh, Eldivo, they line up to work with you? That's that's quite an honor, don't you? They, those are some of the greatest singers ever born. Well, no doubt. That's your assessment of their talent. You know, there's a lot of talented people out there, even this new demographic that's out there. Um, you know, I look at it from a professional side and a, a human side in that, you know, when you can find, you know, people in your business that want to work with you and do, and I've been, you know, blessed for years. I mean, from way back from Buddy Holly to Connie Francis through the years, Michael Jackson, and I've worked with a lot of them on my last album a few years ago, Duets album. So when it's Olivia, you know, an amazing, mm-hmm. an amazing human being with such a challenge with where she is health-wise today and known her for years too. You know, see how she, in the midst of everything, said, yeah, I want to do it. And, uh, you know, Michael, who I was there in the beginning, produced, co-produced his first album and stayed a good friend of his for years. And who, what can I tell you about Bocelli? So when they come forward, you know, like the last album, I had Willie Nelson and Dolly Parton. Right. On on. It's great, you know. It's, um, it's a warm feeling because it, it just kind of compounds your feelings about there's other people doing great things, like hopefully you are, and you're not the only one, and the nuance that each of them bring that is so unique, it's great to be a part of something that you can't do. I can't sound like Willie. You know, I can't certainly sound like Dolly, but, but Tom Jones, who I've worked with, you know, She's a Lady, did very well for us. I was inspired because great artists, great boys. So it goes on and on. Uh, in terms of the relationship that you have with other people in your business, it's kind of a form of respect that goes back and forth from all of us. Did you? Was it your idea to put the no? Now, uh, Michael Bublé and Andre Bocelli are doing my way. Are you on that recording with them? I hope. Oh yes. You know, it's a when I decided to do 
making memories, you know, with COVID, the good and the bad side of it. I was just writing like crazy. And I knew I had to do my way because of the anniversary of the song. And I said, well, you know, I'm not ready to listen to myself singing it for four and a half minutes. So <laughs> I tell you, where it's kind of emanated was <laughs> a couple of summers ago, I was in Europe, and I, I've known Bocelli, I met him, you know, years ago. And uh, he, he came out, and we spent time, he and his wonderful family, and he invited us to his, his restaurant in uh, Forte de Marme. So we go, and there's a group of us at dinner, and there must have been 125 people, maybe maybe less, in the restaurant. So in the midst of the meal, they reel the piano out in the middle of the restaurant. And he gets up, he goes over, because he's a piano player. He started in bars in Italy. Mm-hmm. He starts singing my way. He says, hey, uncle, come over to sing a song with me. Now, you got a piano, Buccelli. People are eating dinner. And I went over, and I started singing my way with him, right? So obviously I'm saying, wow, this is something. And all these people, they would have paid $1,000 for the meal just to get this. They had no idea it was coming. Right. And uh, we finished it. It was just a you know, great moment. And when, you know, Fade Out, Fade In, when I started with my way, you know, thinking of it for the album, I said, I got to get Andrea on here and uh, called him in Italy. Well, of course, they were socked down with 19. And he said, yes, send over the music I do for you. So he did it. <laughs> he sends it back. Now, Buble calls because I keep in touch with him. His family was up from Argentina. Don't come on to dinner. Because, you know, as I said, we stayed in touch. We get together. And I'm sitting there. I'm saying, well, wait a minute. If I got two, maybe I get three of us. I said, Michael, I'm doing the da-da-da-da-da. He said, yeah, I'm in. So that's the way it happens in our business. So within a, within a week, week or two, I had the two guys committed. Michael went in in the midst of his album and did it. And here I am in the midst of these two great voices, these great artists. And you got my way now with Buble, Buccelli, and Anka. So, hey, how lucky can you get? How fortunate do you feel, right? Paul, your producer said you have to move on. I, I cannot tell you what an honor it was to talk to you today, Paul Anka, ladies and gentlemen. Very quick Canadian story. Canadian Paul Anka, Canadian Michael yeah. Buble, oh. was very, very excited. Yeah. I talked to Michael Buble on the phone one time, and he said, hey, Tom, I heard something. I said, what's that? And he goes, you know hockey, Canadian hockey legend Lou Nanny? I said, yeah, he's a good friend. He acted like I was talking about God, mm-hmm. the Canadian hockey players. <laughs> he loves them. He lo- wow. loves them. Isn't that so? Well, I'm a hockey nut. I mean, I helped bring the Senators, the Ottawa Senators, right? at Toronto. Mm-hmm. Part of that. Uh, I, I, I apologize to everyone. They never about it. <laughs> but uh, they're, uh, you know, we were brought up like that. I mean, my backyard was, you know, I hose it down and I was playing hockey every winter, and uh, it's been a part of our lives. And I was going through all my photos because I'm doing, they're doing a documentary of, of my life when it started in a couple of months. And, oh, great. And I was looking, and I got a picture of Bobby Hull, Gordie Howe, sure. and Wayne Gretzky, and me in a one photo. <laughs> Ooh, and, I like and it. I said, man, I said, this has got to be worth something. <laughs> so Gretzky is an old friend of mine, but we love our hockey. And, I mean, you guys do pretty well there. You know, yeah. oh, you've got yeah. your moments. We have our moments, Mr. Anka. I hope we. Yeah. Uh, I hope yeah. when you're in town, I'll get a chance to come back and say hello. And just again, what an honor talking to you, sir. Thank you. Well, thank you, and I insist. I insist on it. You know, we'll look you up. You come. You come back and see me for sure. We'll get it done, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 
Paul Anka, legendary. This guy wrote My Way. He wrote oh. the theme for The Tonight he Show. Wrote he wrote so he wrote a lot. many yeah. songs. He, we just should have said, well, who, uh, the, the list would be far, far easier to get through. Who haven't you worked with? Yeah, yeah really. exactly. Who, who haven't you written you for? With? Speaking of famous musicians... Charlie Watts, Rolling Stones drummer, died today. Oh, oh no. Kidding. I heard he was 80 sick. years old, yep. Same oh. age as Paul Anka. Yeah, I didn't want to say that while Paul was no, on. No, it's pretty yeah, astonishing like, that oh, a Rolling Charlie Stone Watts made it to Yeah, honestly, oh, it's true. That's remarkable. God. Yeah. Let's oh, just that's fold awful. up this <laughs> Yeah. I can't. It, I hate that. When did the Rolling Stones break? 1963. Oh God, yeah. Was it that long ago? 64, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sh- yeah. Long yeah. ago. First, first appearance in America. I wow. hate Mike that. Mike Douglas like, show. Yeah, the Mike Douglas show. That's what show. happens when people start turning 80 and 85, 90, you know. That's what happens. That La is what da. happens. Ixnay, telling Bop Bop that... Ixnay, on the 88. Oh, God, yeah. I was watching the kids this weekend, and we got into, in 10 years from now... I said, Fonny will be almost driving a car. Yep. <clears throat> She'll have her learner's permit. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and what did they say to me? In 10 years, you'll probably be dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, well, oh okay, God. then. Statistically untrue. Probably. Untrue, but <laughs> I, uh, I have to tell you, honestly, God. <laughs> Thanks, kids. Last week, okay. I saw this uh, on the docket. Paul Anka was going to originally be on last week. And I saw it and went, there is no way we're going to have Paul Anka on the show. Paul Anka's a legend. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. Nicest man in the world, from what I understand. Everybody who ever oh, yeah. knew him. Listen to him, yeah. Yeah, just a great guy. And I said, that, no way. Well, and then all of a sudden he rebooks. And I went, Paul Anka took the time to rebook on the podcast. He goes, yeah, yeah. he wants to come on your podcast. To talk to Paul Anka, seriously, it makes me miss my mother right now horribly. Because she loved Paul Anka, man. Yeah. Put your head on my shoulder. She thought, although hearing Toots sing, put your head on my shoulder with that mm. deep voice. Or, put your head on my shoulder. And she couldn't like, really she carry a tune in a bag. Uh, no. Her poor thing. No, she could not. I've always wondered that. About people that can't carry a tune, do they hear the I music? Yeah, I, the way I it's coming wonder. out of their head, and tone then why deaf. would you like music? Tone deaf people don't know, I don't think. Well, oh, but it's like when they listen to music, do they hear what we hear? Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, but then they, yeah. they just like find... hear a vague well, concept true. of music. Yeah, that's a good idea. Somehow some that, filter in the brain just yeah, makes it come out that's funny. That's a metaphysical argument. It is. <laughs> it's like, argument? yeah, when I see blue, do you see blue kind of thing. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, we can't, we'll never know. But, no, I want to ask about that. If I say that's blue and you say that's blue, I might not be seeing the same color you. That's exactly right. what that's I mean. That's so funny. Yeah. You, it yeah. may be, you're maybe yeah. interpreting it entirely. You may be seeing it as red, whereas you know I'm seeing it. You yep. know, but we have a common common understanding that you've been trained. that When you see that, that color is that. And that's mm-hmm. it. So it's an education process for your mind. It, it, that's what always fascinates me about music is that some songs move me just unbelievably, unbelievably. Yet other people don't even want to listen to them. Yep. And there's other music, you the other people will listen to. Oh my God, they're crying over there. They go, ooh man, get that off. It's like you know, yeah. fingers on a chalkboard. Might not be hearing the same thing. You never know. Well, you're hearing it, but it stimulates your brain in different ways. So, all right, I gotta, we gotta take a break here. But let me. Some people do understand this. And other people go, oh, whatever. 
But if you had told me when I was, you know, 11, 12 years old, listening to Put Your Head on My Shoulder, someday, yeah, someday Paul Anka's going to want to come on your show. I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> That's not going to happen. What do you... I mean, honest to God, well, what yeah, a, just what a thrill that was for me. Really it, was. Uh, truly, truly, what a thrill. What an incredible person. So Catherine and I, two years ago, got to sit about 10 feet away from Tony Bennett, watching him. That Remember how, mm-hmm. how he was moving around? He was, like, dancing and singing and... It, I mean, the guy's 92 years old. I know, old and he was time. on his feet the entire show. Which the whole I thought show. I thought the show would be maybe a half an hour. Yeah, yeah. I think it was an, a, a good hour and a half, and he was standing and dancing. I couldn't do that. No, but honestly, God, to, to look back at my childhood and realize now all these all these people, you know, I never, ever thought I'd be able to talk to Paul Anka. Toots is probably up in heaven going, you know, my son talked to Paul Anka. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Gabriel, you know, my son just talked to Paul. Yeah, right. But that's Watts, more bad Watts, news. No, Watts had been diagnosed with throat cancer yes. in 2004. Yeah, he oh, was, wow. Right. 17 years and with throat cancer? But that's then actually he, a pretty went, good run. It went Jeez. into remission, and he went and toured for another two years yeah, after but, that. Or more. Yeah. I, can ask, I can ask the doc this one. We saw a movie last night called Twilight. Paul Newman, who's one of the greatest actors ever born, no question. I'd never seen it before. I'd never even heard of it before, but Catherine and I watched it last night. How about this cast? You got Paul Newman, you got Gene Hackman, you got James Garner, Susan Sarandon, you got Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon turned up in this movie. She, she was like a, a 17 baby. year old. Huh. What? Wow. 90, like 90, 90, 90, 90, 98. 98. Oh, I geez. was like, was what? she around that long ago? But I guess M. Emmett Walsh is in the, the very beginning. Too. tries to kill Paul Newman in the opening scenes, and Newman ends up killing him. And the the and Stockard Channing was in it. I mean, all these the acting was spectacular. It's so much better than act. You know how today the acting is like, like Paul Newman would do this. Yeah, what I'll probably do is I'll walk down the street and I'll just go to that one door and we'll take care of it. Now it's like. I'll take a walk down the street, and mm. when I get to the... It's all over the top Well, now. everything's mugging for the camera. It is all yes. mugging yeah. now. You're absolutely yeah. right. So they're, they think they're on stage rather than from yeah. the camera. Yeah, it's stage acting it's is what it is. It's, it's like, look like It's back to the... Uh, what was it? The transatlantic accent era? Where everyone was talking like this in a yes. completely well, made-up accent. Not yes. in the 90s. <laughs> That's exactly right. 90s? That was like the 50s. No, yeah. no I said this movie was <laughs> so, in the 90s. Like, oh. that, that's the British accent you pick up on a transatlantic flight to exactly. London. It was, it was yeah. actually yeah, a made-up accent designed to sound like a mixture between an American accent and a British accent because it makes it sound more like, you know, highfalutin. It does sound highfalutin. So on the way out, I, the, one of the reasons I brought up Paul Newman was Paul Newman died in 2008 uh, of lung cancer. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Died of lung cancer in 2008. He quit smoking in 1986. Nice. Didn't he? He smoked a ton in this movie. He actually didn't inhale, though. Susan Sarandon did inhale. She did inhale, but and he Gene didn't Hackman inhale. And Gene smoked. Everybody smoked, yeah, right? Yeah, they, they all, oh, yeah. all might. People yeah, we it. couldn't believe it. It's like, you got a light, you got a light, you got a light, you got a light. <laughs> uh, is Tim going to join wow. us after the break, Andy? What? Oh, Tim I, I haven't heard. I don't know. I don't Where think so. Where the hell so. is Lammers? Well, he's busy I, mean, I think days. he has the StreamYard link, so he's just going to like drop in if so. Oh. Okay. If well, again, I, I cannot tell you how cool that was to talk to Paul. What a, yeah, just, he seemed like such a down-to-earth guy. I, that's what I loved him so much on the, the Joey Bishop show, the Tonight Show, whatever show. He was just a very, very successful, but a very nice man. 
So hopefully he comes to that. You guys want to come to the show when he comes to town? I looked at his concert schedule. He's Not coming yet? Yeah, I, I didn't be. see it in Minneapolis. West Palm Beach, however. Yeah, West Palm. Uh, when? February. February 16th. We oh. can go see him. <laughs> Where is he going to be? Is he going to be at Kravis Center? Yep. Oh, we can walk to it. Paul, I'm coming to see you, Pally. I'm coming to see you. We'll take a break. Be right back with the family. The 2022 Bloomington Boat Show is here and going on now. Get out of the cold and into a 25,000-square-foot heated showroom at Dan Southside Marine. A huge inventory of boats means the best deals of the year. Over 60 boats on display from Premier, Avalon, Berkshire, Alumacraft, and more. Explore what's new for 2022 at the Bloomington Boat Show at Dan Southside Marine. Six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Visit BloomingtonBoatShow.com. Tom Bernard talking with Brad Huckle and Michael Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked a few times over the years about how North American Banking Company has helped local businesses when they're ready for expansion. We love talking about the success of our customers. One example is suburban manufacturing in Monticello. They create innovative products that produce clean, dry air that is needed during the manufacturing process. We recently helped them expand their business. Moving into a new building gave them the space they needed to add new equipment and production lines. We were able to step in quickly and provide the financing they needed when they needed it. When we help businesses like Suburban Manufacturing with their expansion, it's beneficial for our customers, but their growth also creates new jobs in our community. So they make stuff that produces clean, dry air for manufacturing after working with Bilski. Do they breathe easier with their business belt? We certainly hope so, Tommy, and that's no hot air. Nice one. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, two things. Um, to have Paul Anka on, what, what a magnificent day that was for me to be able to talk to Paul Anka. I've always admired that man because he's such a nice man. Everybody that you talked to when I was at Capitol Records or whatever, Paul Anka, one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to meet. You don't believe it because he's such a massive star. Yeah. You know, guy's written every great song ever. But to talk to Paul Anka and to lose Charlie Watts in the same day is kind yeah. of a bitch for me. I got to be honest with you. No, that is kind of weird. Bittersweet, uh, mm. bittersweet day. Charlie Watts, another very, very nice man, very calm and very quiet. Kind of stayed to himself. Didn't get involved in all the brouhaha with, you know, with Mick and Keith Richards and all those people. Brouhaha. Charlie just played the drums and went home. Charlie Watts has died at the age of eighty, which makes me very, very sad. Right. Yes, it's too bad. Um, well, you know, the guys that just play the drums and go home are the ones. Yeah, yeah. Mick, Mick will probably live forever. Yeah. yeah. Remember what Tim, Tim uh, Palenti told us, that he was over in India in some temple, and as he was going up the stairs, Mick and his, his girlfriend or wife were coming down the stairs, and Mick's wife was about 
a foot taller than he you. Liked a, he liked a very tall supermodel type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, he liked him tall. Like a foot taller than Mick. Here he comes down the stairway. Yeah, and he, and he was out. I, someone uh, t- told me a story in Antigua or one of the islands in the Caribbean. They were there at some beach bar, and they're having a drink, and there and Mick, another table. They sat down, visit with him a little bit, and yeah. just like a regular kind of person there. I'm surprised Alex hasn't run into him because she's run into everybody. Sylvester Stallone. Oh, my, you know. oh my God, you're so funny. Stallone, uh, oh, God. oh, God, there's a good. There's a picture of Charlie Watts just popped up on my screen. He did not look healthy in this picture. No. Unfortunately. Well, he's had cancer for a long time. That's a pretty yeah. good run with Yeah. Five-year survival rate for throat cancer. I mean, depending on the stage, of course, but it's generally not 17 years. Yeah, we're talking yeah. about the worst thing you can get as a singer. <clears throat> I mean, a music musician. <laughs> as a or drummer? An a- or an actor, like Val Kilmer. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Well, Fauci, speaking of Italians, Fauci has predicted that if everybody gets vaccinated in America... Not going to happen. We could be back to normal by April. They've been promising that eight months every from week now. for the past year. I know. Just, all we, have to, we just need two weeks uh, of wearing masks. We just need two yeah. more weeks of the shutdown. Just, two weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah, yeah. If, we, if we can get 50%, yeah. if we can get 75%, yeah. you know, if we can get 100%, yeah. you, know, oh, yeah. we could, you know, if you could wear a mask again, if you could... Uh, if you could wear two masks, that would be great. Fauci and shield, just apologized and, uh, for some... Misspeak or wrong. something, or <laughs> said something correct. that he I, actually was called out on. Uh, I'd, I'd like to know how much money he has made from all of this. He's the mo- highest paid government employee. He is uh, the highest paid We're government. talking about other kinds of income. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, we are. Yeah, not, the, not the kind, you, yes, not the kind you would necessarily pay income tax yeah. on. Yeah. You know, honorarium yeah. donations into Swiss bank accounts. I mean, uh, you know, or you know, oh, gee, you know, we wanted you to have this car. You know, it just shows up in your driveway with a, uh, you know, title to you. Oh, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. Well, oh, what a nice gift by your friends at Moderna. Yeah, or it could be as simple as he's going to write a book and he's going to make twenty million dollars off yes. of that. Yeah. Right. yeah, or he's made twenty million already. I'm sure he has. I can't even. Imagine. You know, they just released a new list of places you do not want to go on vacation because of COVID. Since we're talking about COVID anyway, Florida, a volcano. No, nowhere in Alabama. Everywhere in the United Trash. States is fine. There's nowhere. It, it's oh. not in the United States. Okay. Oh. It's pretty much five or six places I'd never go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> are make any aren't even on the travel list. Let's go. Yeah. Okay, you ready? Central African Republic. Well, St. Martin. I'd probably go to St. Martin. Yeah. Yeah, that, that I'd go there. I've been to the Bahamas. I did not care for the Bahamian people. They were not friendly. Remember What'd how. What did you say un- about Bohemian people? Remember what they. Remember how. Crab ass the Bahamians were when we were down there. Yeah, guy called good. Honest to God, I'm just walking down the street, and you know this is a podcast, so I can tell you he's sitting in the doorway and he's drinking from a, a bagged bottle. Right, bottles in a bag. He's drinking from it, and he's staring at me, and he just will not stop staring at me. So I try to engage, just walk. I keep walking past. I'm not going to stop, but I walk past him. I go, "How you doing?" And he goes, fuck you, motherfucker. (laughs) With two kids. Yeah, we had two kids with us. I've been to the Bahamas. I don't recall this. No, they weren't in the Bahamas. I don't. Yeah. No, they weren't. No, I don't think so. We went to the Dominican Republic. No. 
Then we stopped at the uh, at the Bahamas on that Disney cruise, that horrible, oh, horrible the, Disney oh, cruise. No, That's this, why we were there. This was a different boat? one, though, I think, wasn't it? Well, that wasn't me then, because I didn't go to the. Oh Bahamas, no! So that must have been the big once. red boat, the little red boat, <laughs> the little red boat. Yeah, big remember red that oh. big red boat? Big we had to walk boat. to the other end of the island to go to a restaurant, which was horrendous. Yeah, only our our uh, vacation could turn into a complete shit show when we get home. The, the big red boat was a disaster. A little red boat. I remember oh my God. Red boat. It was nothing a disaster. About it. it was terrible. It was awful. We I had remember, terrible, terrible seas. I remember hiding under a table to stay away from Goofy. I did well, not want to speak to Goofy. You didn't want to speak to Goofy. <laughs> I don't remember one second of that trip. You don't like remember Most it at trips all. I remember like little fragments. This is why you shouldn't spend a lot of money on taking your kids places. That is very <laughs> Leave true. Leave them home with They're babysitter. They're not going to remember it. <laughs> Until but yeah, you're the, like... the Little Red Boat is one of the few vacations that we've taken that I remember absolutely nothing. Well, we we got home and I had filled out a comment card and I didn't oh, I didn't I, I didn't rip them to shreds. But Tom on the air mm. at the time had told them that a story about that guy yeah. yelling yeah. at our family, which Disney has no control over. No, but also uh, there was a there was a, some curdled milk. Gross. At the yeah, at the Yum. breakfast thing, and uh, mm. there was really bad seas, and they didn't call. You know, they didn't warn anybody about that. Like, oh, yeah. go take your dramamine. And kids were barfing in the elevators. Everywhere. There was vomit. It everywhere. was. I mean, it was bad. We should not have been out there in that ship. We well, should have been. They should have harbored us vomit. for sure. It, it was. Is. It was puke tastic. It is the big red boat, by the way. It I is. Was, the, the, the I said boat. it was the nope. big red boat. It's the big red boat. Anyway. No, and then there was, was curdled milk, milk, there was vomiting, there was all kinds of bad things happening. Are you sure the curdled milk wasn't vomit? <laughs> Could have been vomit. Somebody drank some milk. Anyway, so we, we talked about that. Uh, he talked about that on the air. And some uh, employee of Disney Cruise Lines Disgruntled. called, I think, CJ. Yeah, she did. And right. bitched about oh. what you said on the air because right. it was in contradiction to the comment card, which I did not know could be, you know, like read publicly. Yeah, she, yeah. she wasn't supposed to do that. And uh, CJ accused you of being racist because you didn't like going to where oh brown people are oh, because course. the guy called of you course. a mother or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it turned into a giant thing. I still want to know the fact that I was the first morning show in America to hire not one but two black men to be on the show. How and could it I didn't be matter that he was black. He called you no, a name. That exactly. was the story. Yeah. It wasn't the fact that he had brown skin that was the story. Has not, I grew up with all kinds of. I don't give a rat's ass of what your skin oh. color is. And you didn't Some say that. Wait a second. You didn't say that he was black. No, no I didn't. did not. No, so he wasn't. Say, yeah, he was I, white. Never. Yep, that's true. It was their microaggression against us. I was was walking in the Bahamas past an Asian guy. You know, yes. uh, uh, well, you, you, that, that it's, it's a it's a, a it's not racist at all. It's, it has no, no. racing implications no. at all. It's just some I was guy. called a name with my two children walking around. I also mentioned this uh, on the air. Every meal we ate, the server hit me up for money. Look, yeah, that's a, very a common on the islands. Here's my family. They're at home. Yep. They don't have any money. I'm Super like, oh, common. God. Oh, that was on the cruise ship? On the cruise ship, yeah. So uh, we should mention the reason that the seas were so choppy. Remember that uh, those three storms that came together up in New England? Oh, yeah. What was perfect, the perfect storm. Perfect storm. Perfect storm. 
Well, the southern one passed right over our boat to get up north. Mm. That was one of those three storms. I've never heard of a cruise ship not going into harbor when oh. when seas are like that, yeah, ever. No, it was well, horrible. No, they, they're out in like, seas. Frequently. Well, they can't get anywhere. I, yeah. But we were right by the islands. They could have found some place to go. So Bahamas, I'm not going back. Haiti, you can have. No, thank you. Yeah. Morocco, nope. Kosovo, no, thank you. Lebanon, nope. I would have loved to go on to Lebanon back in the day, but not now. Not now. So okay. those top five, forget it. You can have them. And then St. Martin, I probably would go there, maybe. So that's where they're having the huge outbreaks? Uh, yep. CDC's travel advisories list for COVID-19 just received an update with six nations moving up to level four status, which means you should not go there. These countries you shouldn't be heading to right now ended up in the very high risk category it means that these destinations have more than 500 new COVID cases per 100,000 residents. Why aren't these uh, small islands and small areas, why aren't they like all vaccinated? Yeah, why aren't they? Well, because because what I was, I was told to that Turks and Caicos, there's a large part of the population that are going to treat this with traditional beliefs and traditional medicines. And they are not going to get immunized. Well, before the immunization came out, half of the Germans said they were not going to get immunized. They just said, it. no, we're not going to get immunized. Half of them. So, But I think that they've changed all that. I think they mandated it in Germany. I don't know. I'm Ooh, pretty sure. Uh, I haven't heard anything. You start taking away freedom of choice. That's mm-hmm. not cool. Okay. Uh, not, they're yeah. doing it all over the place. Yeah, New York did it. San Francisco did well, no, it. They're, kind of, well, they're working on it. They're coercing people well, in yeah. certain yeah. ways. Yeah. Which could be argued to be the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, that's the narrative. It's like make it so horrible for them that they yep. can't leave their house that mm-hmm. they will do it. Oh, I mean, I know people that didn't want to get it, but they just got it because they didn't want to be the only person at their office wearing a mask or the only, you know, like, oh, I'm one of three people at my office that has to wear a mask still. And now everybody's back to wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, so and like, then if yeah. you're the only one wearing a mask, then everybody thinks that yeah, you're a QAnon yeah. crazy person. QAnon, yeah, exactly. It has nothing to do with choice. Okay, yeah. full reveal. I didn't tell you guys this, but I did tell it on the air. I'm surprised nobody told you about it. Oh, God. Now understand that I was kind of a prick to the guy. I admit that right up front. <laughs> okay, at least we're... And uh, he was probably 50, 60 pounds overweight, something like that. So what I said to him... But he just would not leave me alone. I went to one of our our grocery stores that we love to go to, right? And I walk up, and this guy walks up to me and goes, why aren't you wearing a mask? Like that. Not like, why, why aren't you wearing a mask? Why aren't you wearing a mask? I said, what? He goes, you think you'd, you, you know, the leadership, you'd offer a better example. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, you should be wearing a mask, show some good, positive leadership to the people that it's the thing to do. I said, well, I've been vaccinated. He goes, that doesn't matter. You should be wearing a mask so other people wear a mask. I said, what, what are you talking about? He goes, I'm just telling you. And he got when meaner. When was this? What was that? When was this? A couple days ago. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated. Well, whatever. it doesn't. I'm just saying. All I'm, then he got he got. Angrier and angrier and angrier, and finally I'd had enough. And again, let me remind you, I know that I was a prick to him, but he <laughs> kept pushing. And he was about 50, 60 pounds overweight. I mean, just I just went through that, so it, you know I understand. So I finally said, okay, pal, let me ask you a question. What do you think is more dangerous to your health, my breath or the fact that you weigh 800 pounds? 
Okay. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> he did not like that at all. I will tell you that. He didn't say, listen, you fat fuck. Yeah, exactly. That's what I should have said. You are a perfect gentleman, and you exercise extreme restraint. See, perfect gentleman, thank you. Perfect gentleman, extreme restraint. I can't, I married him. He just wouldn't, he got angrier and angrier and angrier. I was like, would you just leave me alone? And it doesn't matter that you're immunized. Well, no, not because for Because then you it don't get well, I don't care if I spread it. Because if I spread it to someone who's immunized, they're probably not going to get sick. It's not going to be that bad a thing. Yeah, but I'm just saying the... No, no, it does make a difference. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying for the point of, like, I'm immunized, I can't spread it to people. Because no, that's I, what I, a lot I, of people used to think. It's yeah. not true I'm, anymore. I'm, I'm wearing, not wearing the mask because I'm not going to necessarily get sick. I can still get sick. You can still have, you can get bad. You can die from it. But the chances are so small, have reduced so much. That's why you're immunized. So no, you I'm don't get sick. It matters to him that he's vaccinated. It matters to my father that he's vaccinated because he has a less yes. Yeah, but, but doesn't protect other people from it him. Is what I meant. Uh, well, I, but, uh, that's why I got immunized. Yeah, for you. But yeah. a lot of people, yeah. a so, lot of people so like I'm to responsible. do. Oh, I'm responsible for myself. I, I 100% agree with you. A lot of people don't want to admit that it is a decision for you. If you're well, immunized, then you have a choice of either being immunized or choosing to wear an N95 mask so you're protected. Those are two choices. Yeah. And they're healthy choices. Both are fine. There's nothing wrong with either of those choices. Yeah. So that that's no, fine. I agree. And then, but if you choose mm. not to wear a mask and have not been immunized, well, then you're at risk for getting sick. Yeah. Yep. That's all you need Absolutely. to know. Absolutely, I agree. But so many people think what? Ringo Starr tweeted out, "God bless Charlie Watts. God. We're going to miss you, man. Peace, peace and love to the family." Yeah. Ringo's a great guy, really. Ringo. He's another one of those guys. Had him on the KQ Morning Show. He's in London. We're in Minneapolis-St. Paul. I'm talking to him. All of a sudden, the line goes dead. But two minutes later, the producer goes, uh, Tom, Ringo stars on the request line. I said, what? He, in London, called and got the request line number so he could finish the interview. Called into the request line from London. That's the kind of guy Ringo Starr is right there. That's why he's always been my favorite Beatle. And i got to be honest with you, again, looking back to when I was 10, 11, 12 years old, if you had told me that Ringo started to go out of his way to make sure he could talk to me, I'd have go, that'll never happen. Yeah. It's, what a blessing. Uh, one quick question for you before we move on. What is Havana Syndrome? I never even heard of it. Oh, my gosh, I heard about this. Yeah, it's some... I heard about this. What is it? Fake thing, I think. Oh, it's fake? It's, oh, my God. I'm pretty sure, I just yes. read something like Kamala Harris is, Kamala Harris's plane had to sit on the ground for three hours because somebody had Havana syndrome. I've never even heard of it. So maybe, you know what, we'll take our break, come back, and we'll, maybe we'll find Maybe Kristen Burt will know what Havana syndrome is. <laughs> she we'll find might. We'll be back. Tommy, I never believed it until now, but apparently you're a pretty big deal. Was there ever a question in your mind? Well, you might say I was a doubting Thomas. See what I did there? Yes, how incredibly clever. Anyway, what's your point? Well, last month I was trying to find you a car to replace the Mafia Mobile and suggested leasing a Nissan Altima as it was impossible to find your first choice. I love that Altima, and I'm actually looking forward to checking out the all-wheel drive as soon as it's known. Well, apparently someone at Nissan was listening to us, and at this month, at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan, we can offer short-term 18-month leases. That's actually pretty smart. By then, the chip shortage will be over, right? Man, I hope so. The only chip shortage I want to hear about is Bilski dumping one into the bunker. <laughs> By the way, for the first time ever, Coon Rapids Nissan was number one in the state, and Burnsville was number two. Your Altima was actually one of the cars that put J-Lo on top. 
To learn more about short-term leasing, stop into Burnsville Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Hey folks, Brian Zepp here. Spring is gearing up, and if you're like me, you've already got the itch to hit the road. Make sure you and your motorcycle are ready with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, metric cruiser, or sport bike, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. They've got 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets too. Order before 8 p.m. and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Get in gear and head to DennisKirk.com. Take it from Zepp. They ship today. <clears throat> this Thursday, the return of Mike Gelfand. I'll be working with him for the first time in years because he won't get up before noon. But, you know, other than that. He's got that, that Minnesota work ethic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. But, yeah, getting Gelfand back is wonderful. We already got Bob back on the show. And oh, Bob's back on? <clears throat> on the morning show. Well, he does, he does Friday, uh, Fridays into the he NFL. He talks about game. the Vikings, your yes. former team that you've now left and I've completely left just, in the dust no thank you abandoned them they looked great this weekend abandoned them. Did they, they really did look good <clears throat> they did did and they win look, yeah they did they won what they yeah they blew beat, out seattle. they beat seattle they, they actually beat seattle pretty handily they did wow yeah, i didn't even watch. look at the score <clears throat> wow i don't know what Indeed. i was doing this weekend i'm about to set a new career record for myself a career record it's a career record for me right now ladies and gentlemen after talking to Karen Knotts, I've talked to two generations of the Knotts family, so I'm very happy about that. Karen, how are you? Hi, I'm doing great. I'm glad to hear that. Now, see, you're the, you're the second Knotts that I've talked. Although I, I grew up with a family called with Knotts, but their name was K N O T Z, so you know that's close. Okay. Close, but no cigar. <laughs> yeah, that's different. Tied up in Knotts, my dad and me. Karen Knotts tells the full story of her father, Don Knotts. Much has been written about Don Knotts' career, especially about his iconic role as Barney Fife on The Andy Griffith Show, but personal views into the man himself are few and far between. Karen, it's so great of you to call because I, several members of my family, my lovely wife Catherine brought it up, the kids brought it up, my friends brought it up, because I was not on the KQ Morning Show the day that you were there. I missed that day, which made me... A little upset because I really was looking forward to talking to you. So now I get my chance to talk to you. And uh, yeah, no, here's your chance, and it's my chance too. <laughs> <laughs> here's our chance. Your your father probably didn't have a bigger fan than me because he just he played that role. No one could have played that role the way your father did. There's no question about it. 
Yeah, it's a character he created, you know. Indeed. Also, my wife did point out, Don's difficult childhood in an abusive home, his escape into comedic performance, becoming a household name, his growth as a feature film actor, his failing health, and his family life throughout, leading to touching and hilarious moments that will make the reader laugh and cry. Uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Catherine, you're the one that brought it up to me that, that Don and I had kind of a similar upbringing. Yes, it did. I, I read a little bit of the bio. <clears throat> so basically, Karen... Uh, when I was a kid, they basically liked to point out my dad was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. What do you think of that? Well, I don't think that's a very polite way of putting well, it. Well, I'm just telling you what they said to me. That's just how it was, right? <laughs> Karen, how was that for you? I, 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 I kind of know how it feels, but I want to hear your take on the whole thing. Well, um, my dad was he was a wonderful dad, and he did talk about his childhood sometimes, but he kind of focused more on the funny stories because he had yeah. an older brother. His nickname was Shadow, and Shadow was his inspiration for comedy. Shadow was really funny. He also kind of a little bit bitter because he didn't have a chance to have an, a college education, even though they lived practically in the backyard of West Virginia University. Their mother ran a boarding house because they were terribly poor. It was during the Great Depression, and um, their father was, you know, technically mentally ill. And he was he was a terrifying figure in the house that they lived in. Mm-hmm. And then his older brothers uh, struggled. They had to drop out of school to help out, you know, and all this. So it was all these struggles. But my dad was naturally funny and just. But he didn't know how to control his humor. He was like he would he would whenever he was scared, which was a lot of the time, people laugh. Right. You know? mm-hmm. and so, <laughs> yeah, he was frightened. And so that was kind of the. I think the beginning of Barney Fife, just just being that you know that frightened, excitable guy, uh, making people laugh, and that kind of put it in his mind. Oh, I can make people laugh by being you know frightened or being excitable. So that's how it started. I think. Um, it seems like a lot of professional um, people with the kind of background that your father had. It really exhausts them to bring. Yeah, that in into their roles. When he was at home, was he was he exhausted or was he the same guy? Well, during those years, uh, he was on the show for five years. His whole focus was on the show because it was so all encompassing, and he they worked twelve hours a day often. Wow! And so you know, but but he even though he wasn't there a lot, he was there for us all the time. You know, we never felt abandoned. We never felt. Alone. In fact, I keep my father on his lines because, you know, he had a lot of lines all the time. But it's interesting. I'm glad you asked that question. That's a question I don't get very often. But, yes, it was exhausting uh, to, to, to do that. And they actually, they worked on really two shows a week, if you can believe that, because they did so many more shows per season than they do today. How many, se- how so, many shows well, were they doing well, a they season? Got to the end of that, they were already doing a read-through for the next week's show during that same week. Oh, so he was always working on lines during the weekend, you know. How many shows were they doing a season? I, let's see. I, I, I'm not sure. I can't tell you without looking at the book, but sure. I, it was a lot. It, I have it in the book. Okay. But it was quite a bit more than we do nowadays. <laughs> so, Karen, it was not, you know, looking at, at the book, uh, 
the, your father and, and I kind of went through the same situation with our fathers, but also the gift that your father gave me, my best friend, a matter of fact, our son Andy, who was with us today, and our daughter Alex. Andy was named after my best friend as a kid, and I cannot tell you how many times he begged me to stop coming up to him going, Andy, 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 because I did it all the time. Oh, yeah, I can see that happening. <laughs> Andy, Andy, Andy. How, that, how much of that character, Barney Fife, really was your father? Well, um, not very much. Um, not, not, not really very much at all, except for it was inside of him. Like I said, you yeah. know, as a child, he was that character um, growing up. But as a man, not very much at all, because he was a very sophisticated guy, and he was quiet. He was reserved and shy, very shy. And that's what I have in the book, you know, that um, people, when they, they would see us in a restaurant sometimes, and they would see, and they, I would even, I would always look and notice who, who saw my dad in the restaurant, right? Right. And you could always tell when somebody spotted him, and you could see them leaning in to have a little conference, like, should we or shouldn't we go over, you know? <laughs> and then they would very timidly start walking over, and they, they would expect this Barney Fife-like guy to jump out of his chair, and you know, and stuff. And then they would say, <clears throat> excuse me, Mr. Knotts. <laughs> and my dad would just turn around, very sweet smile, you know, and look right at them. And they would be just shocked, you know, that mm. it wasn't Barney Pipe sitting there, you know. Um, but he was, he was just this very timid person, you know. But he, at the same time, confident as, at the same time, you know, because he, he would sort of have this sort of like duality about him where he was worldly and he was famous. But inside, he was shy and timid. It was really interesting to see all these different sides of my father. What, what was his normal situation concerning guns? Because a lot of comedy he did with guns. Yeah, you know, his true, movies man. and even yeah. his Barney Fife, he did true. a lot of things yeah. with guns. How did he feel normally about guns? Well, I'll tell you a line <laughs> that I have in my show, which, which was true. Um, he would, you know, be often at these autograph shows people would always want to give him a bullet, right? Oh, yeah, and one so, bullet. Yeah, one bullet. <clears throat> yep. Want everybody to give him a bullet. And one time I was visiting him, and I, I, uh, he said, I said, Dad, would you please sign an autographed picture for my friend uh, downstairs? The guy at the desk wanted a, a picture. And he said, sure, honey, we, uh, um, let me just get a, a pen out. So he went to pull out the drawer, and the door was stuck, right? <laughs> and he just kind of, finally, he yanked on that drawer. And all the, these bullets came flying out. <laughs> and I said, Dad, what's all this? And he, said, he explained that the people in the autograph line the night before had all given him a bullet. And he said, what am I going to do with all these bullets? I don't even have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> he never owned a gun. But it was funny because he and Andy were best friends at... You know, and Andy was a hunt. Andy liked to shoot, but my dad didn't. So they were very different in that way. Hmm. He never owned a gun. Hmm. Never had any interest in it. Yeah, it's so interesting. I'm, and I'm glad you brought that up because I had heard in the past that that Andy Griffith could be kind of hard to work with. But your father never did have a problem with him, from what I understand. No, not at all. It was just the, just the opposite. I mean, Andy. Andy was the most perfect straight man that ever lived. Right. Because 
he, he knew how to get the best responses out of Barney, and and, and for the other characters too. And you know, Andy was this really fascinating man to me. Whenever I would see him on the set, he was he was so complex. And I had a little part on on in Return to Mayberry, and hmm. I had a scene with Andy Griffith, and I was so nervous and excited because to me Andy was just I was over the moon about Andy Griffith, you know, <laughs> and I wanted to get it perfect. And so I was playing a secretary to Opie, who is now a grown-up guy, you know, in Return to Mayberry, right? And um, he's the editor of the newspaper. So I had this line, and and Andy saw that I was nervous, you know, and I wasn't doing it very well. And so he suggested that I eat a cookie during the scene. And so, like a secretary, you know, somehow secretaries are always eating. You know yep, what I mean? Yep. <laughs> like they're trying to hide it. <laughs> so, so I was eating a cookie while I was talking to him, and all of a sudden my character just came right out. It was just like natural all of a sudden. Oh, you're Mr. Taylor's Mr. Taylor. I mean, his father. <laughs> you know, and it was like this character just burst right out of me just based on that suggestion from him. Well, he's a hell so of an actor, I, no I, doubt. He was doing that for the other people, I'm sure, on the set, you know, giving them suggestions like that. How did how did your father handle it? I mean, obviously he was very happy about it, but once he did leave the Andy Griffith show, uh, and then so how many movies did he make? Every one of his movies, I just, I had a ball watching those <laughs> movies. Oh, yeah, I know. they were, And, you know, well, okay, let me first answer your question that... Um, well, leaving the Andy Griffith show was to him a natural thing because they had signed a five-year contract. Right. Andy kept saying he was never going to, you know, go any further. He changed his mind, but in the meantime, uh, my dad got an offer for this five-picture deal from Lou Wasserman at Universal. Oh. And um, was going to get to be the creative, you know, have creative control. Mm. He didn't make very much money. I think they shortchanged him on the money part, but... He got to be in control, and that was something that was very important to him. Um, so he he was all of a sudden, now he was the boss, whereas before he was a second banana, which he loved too. But this was a whole different thing for him, and he loved it. And so that was at a time, a very interesting time in the, in the film industry where all of these family-friendly films were the thing. I mean, all the kids went to see these oh, movies, yeah. and they made, you know, movies with, with um, Disney pictures and all these things, and I remember seeing them, too, and so they, that, these pictures fit right in with that, but as soon as he got to the end of that five-picture deal, suddenly, that went out of style. All these families, sh- they weren't making the family pictures anymore, so it was right on the edge of that. And then all of a sudden, the industry started to change, and it got, you know, kind of more adult in nature and stuff. So, so the, all of that changed, right? He got right in on the end of that. But then he went back to television and had another starring role in a huge sitcom, right? Well, before even that happened, well, the, um, the, the variety shows came to be. Right, right. Okay. oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so what filled in the gap with the families was the variety shows. Because at that time, the families, they only had one TV, right? Right. Uh, every, every family had one TV because they couldn't afford two TVs at that point yet, usually. So they had to come up with entertainment that was good for the whole family. So you had mom and dad, you had teenagers, and you had little kids. So the variety show format covered all those ages, right? So they had, uh, they had a host, and you had guest stars, and the guest stars were usually... 
movie stars from the previous era. So you had all of these movie stars who had been famous. Now they were becoming famous all over again. And then you had um, sketches, okay? And the sketches were fun for the kids. So the sketches were almost vaudevillian in nature, and they borrowed from the vaudeville days, mm. all, this, all this material from the vaudeville. So, um, so Dad and was, was, was being asked to do, and he did tons of these variety shows. There was like Donnie and Marie, uh, oh my gosh, I can't even think of all of them right now, but mm-hmm. of course the pinnacle to all that, and pretty much the most successful one everyone agrees to it, is the Carol Burnett show, which actually came at the end of all of that, and she, she brought in a whole new life to the variety show. But, um, so that's how, those variety shows kept my dad working in between uh, the movies, and then finally when he got on to his company. You know, it's amazing, Karen, you just mentioned a favorite of my wife's because uh, she was on this very show we're on now. We had Carol Burnett on. And, well, Catherine, you take over. It's a great story. Oh, well, I grew up watching that show with my family. Like you said, everybody sat around the television because, well, first of all, televisions were huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're huge TV, remember? (laughs) A console took up half the wall in the living room. (laughs) Had a hi-fi in it. Do you remember hi-fi? Oh, yeah. Well, it was a centerpiece rather than an appliance. (laughs) Oh, it totally was. It weighed a little bit. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, and if if you were lucky, you had one that had all the... All the cool cabinetry and stuff, mm-hmm. but and the pictures That's were just right. they, and yeah, the pictures but... were just terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they mm-hmm. really were bad. The color was horrendous. But I, yeah, I just I remember that that was you know it was a wonderful world of Disney, Carol yeah, Burnett yeah. show. Yeah. I came home from school and watched Mayberry RFD, on I think it was mm-hmm. yeah the after school mm-hmm. shows along Gilligan's Island and all that stuff. Sure. But um, the Carol Burnett show was one of my dad's favorites. He used to just laugh so hard at that. And when we got to have her on this show, I, I asked her if oh, she yeah. would say happy birthday to him. Which is his birthday is next week, uh, too. Yeah, yeah so week. I played it for his, I think it was his 90th birthday, it was, maybe? Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah he's going to be 95 in a couple of, mm-hmm. in, a, in a week or so. And uh, I played it for him, and he's like, well, how did you get that accomplished? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I talked to him today. That's I, how. I don't know if you know what we're doing here, but we talked no, to people. So. <laughs> it was it was very funny. And Did then, he keep that? Uh, Andy still has it, and Somewhere. I, I play it for I, I played it for him. I don't know five or six times, and he just couldn't wrap his head around the fact that Carol Burnett knew who he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so oh cute. Gosh. It was oh. adorable. <laughs> But, I, you know, I, Karen, I, at the very beginning, I talked about the fact that I interviewed your father many, many years ago. I've been in radio for 50 years now, as a matter of fact. So it, I've been around a while. But your father could not have been more pleasant. He was very forthcoming. Yeah. You, you didn't have any questions that he didn't want to answer. He, he, he was a terrific, well, much like you, Karen. He was a great interview. Well, thank you. And that also says something for you, I must say, because my dad wasn't always a good person to interview because people would ask him the same questions over and over or things like that. And he he really, frankly, was burned out on all those questions. So sometimes he would just kind of give very short answers. (laughs) But, you know, I always want to know. You must have have given a good interview. Well, I got lucky because I I am actually interested in, like you, Karen Knotts, what you do every day, how you uh, you go about it. I'm That stuff fascinates me. You grew up a lot different than I did. You grew up a lot different than your father did. 
So when you look back at your life, it must in in general, even though your father did did have you know some struggles with his with your grandfather, uh, it was quite a way to grow up, I would imagine. Well, you mean for me growing up? For you, yes. Well, yeah, it was. It was. It was very different. And I grew up in Glendale, California, and it was funny. But I just was just like any other kid in school. I mean, everybody knew who my father was, and and you know, and they knew he was famous. But nobody bothered me about it. I felt like just any other kid in school, you know. And so I was very lucky because I think now it's different. But um, oh yeah, sometimes though. People Sometimes people would come to me and knock on the ring of the door and ask for an autograph, you know, which was really, really, I just thought that was weird. <laughs> um, <but> then, <laughs> yes. But then um, when I got into high school, um, you know, but as I got a little older, then, you know, then the Andy Griffith Show fame started following me around, which Ooh. kind of... Um, mm was a problem for me because I, I didn't have the confidence to just be myself. And then when I got into high school, we moved to Beverly Hills. My dad got a house in Beverly Hills. Oh. All of a sudden, I was with all these kids that were whose fathers were more famous than mine. And then I felt like, <laughs> like a nobody again. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great so I, story, so I went, Like a regular kid to being really super annoyed about people and talk about Barney Fife all the time. So then being really annoyed about people not knowing anything about my dad. <laughs> yeah, I suppose <laughs> or not, that's or true. Or being like, being like not important at all with all these kids having more famous fathers than mine. Karen, you know what's amazing about that? As you look back, there was ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox wasn't even around yet. <clears throat> so that's what everybody right. watched. I mean, the Beatles appeared on Ed Sullivan in that same era and drew, I believe, 72 million viewers, wow. which is rather impressive. Right. And right. you, you yeah. look at it now. We just, uh, I don't know if you know who Craig Gass is, a great comedian. He does great impressions. And he, I mean, just brilliant impressions. Craig. His name is Craig Gass. Yeah, he's very, very good. As a matter of fact, he grew up Craig. being in. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I know that one. Yeah, I, there's a possibility. He just he grew up. His mother, father, and sister are all deaf, so he learned to speak oh. in many different voices just by listening. Because they all oh. had had you know affected speech because of their the loss of hearing. They didn't ha- they couldn't hear at all. Uh-huh. So he learned to right. imitate other people, and he's one of the most brilliant uh, people at that job on earth. But what uh-huh. we discovered last he was in town last week, and we discovered. He was doing, he does this brilliant Christopher Walken impression. But what's sad is people under 40 have no idea who Christopher Walken Mm -hmm. even is. That's how widespread we are. Isn't that weird? (laughs) That is weird, I know. That's very weird. Karen, do you have 10 more minutes? Uh, We've got to take a quick break. Do you have 10 more minutes? Well, that's up to Art. Art, Yeah, Art. What does Art have to say, Andy? I don't know what he has to say. I haven't heard anything. So I assume so. Okay, we'll take a break. We'll we'll find out, Karen, and we'll 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 follow okay. the rule of the day, whatever it is. We'll be right back more with Karen okay. Knotts. I'll just be here. The book is called <laughs> Tied Up in Knots: My Dad and Me. It's available right now. You can just go to Amazon.com. A M Z N to uh, yeah. Just we'll take care of the whole thing. You can uh, you order the book. It's been out for about six days now. Right back more with Karen Knotts. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, 
it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here for Continuum Weight and Well-Being. Continuum is here, it's new, and they're doing it differently. There are no meal replacements or foods you're required to purchase. There are no pills or surgeries. They specialize in customizing meal plans for you using all whole, nutritious foods. They don't just focus on weight loss. They are upfront with their pricing. And most importantly, Continuum is designed for long-term success. Schedule a free consultation and find out more today. Go to their website, ContinuumWeightWellbeing.com, or call or text them at 952 952- Four nine one six five two seven. That's Continuum C O N T I N U U M Continuum Weight Wellbeing dot com. I've learned so much from them, and I know you will too. Continuum Weight and Wellbeing Life Beyond Weight Loss Mode. There you go. Karen, are you still with us? I'm still here. Okay, I just wanted to make sure, because uh, Art said you do have to move on to your next interview, but I just want to come back and thank you. What a great honor it is to uh, to, to talk to you about this. And uh, we we try to follow the rules, you know. If Art needs you to move on, you move oh, on. Of course. But one of these days, we got to talk again, Karen. Thank you for your thank time you. today. Yes. Uh, by the <laughs> way, my website is karennotts.com if you want to mention that or come back to that. We can do that. Karen, K-N-O-T-T-S, Karen Knotts, dot com. Karen, thank you very, very much. Appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Bye. What a sweetheart of a person. Yep. Very nice. <clears throat> Isn't that great? Her father's mm-hmm. a big TV star, big movie star, then back to big TV star. Didn't affect her. She's the nicest person on earth. She sounds exactly like my neighbor. Really? Mm-hmm. Or her dad. So much like my neighbor. I drove Andy Fisher nuts. Every time he'd do something, I'd go, Andy, Andy, Andy. Andy, Andy, Andy. <laughs> Drove him crazy. See, th- now there's a good example for you, ladies and gentlemen. This is a woman who grew up 
in Beverly Hills, well, first of all, in Glendale, then Beverly Hills. Family had a lot of dough. Father, very famous. Is she a complete pain in the ass? No, she's a great person. Well, you never know. To us. In an interview, she could be lovely. Oh, real listen life. Wow, she wow. was sincere as a god. I'm Such a kidding. pessimist. I'm totally kidding. She seems like a very, very nice person. She really does. I tell you what, though, you bring talking uh, talking about the Carol Burnett deal. That is, so you do have that to play for for Don on his ninety fifth birthday. Well, yes. You should find that so we can play that yeah. because his birthday is coming up again. It was almost exactly five years ago. Yet another was, birthday yeah. coming around the corner. He's had a few. Yeah, he's had ninety five of them. Keep happening. That's another example, though. Carol Burnett. One of the most successful TV people of all time. And you yep. would never Arguably. know it. You'd never yep. know. It's the nicest person you'd ever want to talk to. She mm-hmm. is a I wonderful human being. And everybody who's ever worked with her, to my understanding, I'm mm-hmm. sure there's somebody that's disgruntled someplace. They just loved working with her. Mm-hmm. Well, she had Harvey Corman. She had, you know, Tim. Uh, Tim Conway. Tim Conway. I mean, that whole. Well, the way. Vicky, yeah. Vicky, Vicky Lawrence. Lawrence. Vicky Lawrence. Yeah, yeah she got. Great. You know how she got on that show? Who, Vicky Lawrence? Yeah. No. She kept she kept writing to Carol Burnett saying, "Hire me, please hire me. I really want to be on your show. I I don't I don't have hardly any experience. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I know I know I can do this." And she was great. She hired her. That's there you go. That's Carol Burnett right there. And she was a f- she was fabulous on that show. You know, a lot of times, nah, I shouldn't say a lot of times. Sometimes you ask people, could you just say a quick hello to my father, Don Brandt? It'd be nice to go, "Oh, you know I would, but I'm really in a in a, in a bind here." A lot of them won't do it. No, I shouldn't say a lot of them. Some of them won't do it. Most of them will do it. But, I mean, Carol Burnett was the biggest TV star of her time. Well, and, getting around, man. and watching that show, they would crack up so hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, they would try to not crack up so hard. You could tell that they actually enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. That, was, that wasn't that was faking it. Yep. There's just no way. Because they would just sit there and they would be... You could, you could see that they were, like, biting the inside of their cheek. Anything to try not to crack up. No, she and Lucy were pretty iconic for oh, female. Oh God, yes. Yeah, oh, well, Lucy yeah. was Most one of those tortured people, yeah. though, where I think Carol Burnett just yep. enjoyed life. But they had a lot of interaction between the two of them. Did they? Yeah, from what I was watching a documentary with Lucy, and they had a lot of lot of advice to give each other at different times. Oh, I yeah, didn't know that. So. Carol Burnett had to sue somebody one time, a newspaper reporter, because he reported that she was drunk and belligerent, and oh, it yeah. wasn't, wasn't true. Right. Yeah, that's right. It never didn't happened. She he made some, it what, a like, uh, Didn't she have some medical condition that was... Yeah, that might have been right. You I think it was right a medical that. condition that, that they said was her drunk, but it wasn't. It was some something else that she had. Oh. Carol, well, uh, how old is Carol <clears throat> Burnett now? She's still around. She's 88. Yeah. I was going to say late yeah. 80s. She's still writing and doing stuff and having, she's Grand giving talks. and What a sweetheart. It's unbelievable. She is terrific. When she came out, what's that one scene when she comes out and she's supposed to be all dressed up in this fashion gown and it turns out to be a curtain rod? Oh, she was, she was doing a spoof on Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind. That's yeah. what it was. Gone, that was with, Gone the with the Wind spoof, yeah. She's wearing a curtain rod. And she, mm-hmm. Was Bob Mackey her designer? Because I think, I think that, so, yeah. It might have been where, oh, really? where he got his start wow. was on her show you might be right you might be right about that which see, that's speaking of it. designers have you seen cruella yet no you should such see that. A good that's such a movie. great movie good. that oh really gosh. is a good movie it's a cartoon no it's no, not a cartoon it's not it's not it's live you're action. a cartoon yeah it's live oh, yeah. action <laughs> you you will like it when you watch it i you will be shocked and you will like it all right i, I, can, I will watch i, will I think he would like it. i will guarantee he will like it 
I like the women in it. They're both yep. very good actors. Oh, they're first, just really the, good. The car, the car, the, yeah. the car. I'm, I'm still madly in love. It's a car. really the great devil. looking car. I don't know what it is. It's a good car. It's a Deville. It, what? It's a Deville. Yeah, it's Cruella really Deville. old though. Yeah, that's how they got the name. Oh, Cruella I did not Deville. know that. That's part of the movie, The Panther Deville. I should watch the movie again. Oh, that's right. Now I remember. We did watch that again. That's really funny because all morning I've been singing the Cruella Deville song. Oh yeah, it's a cool yeah. song. Which yeah. I, I knew that song why. from as a kid. I don't know why, but I did. Yeah. Oh my God, that car is gorgeous. Isn't it yeah. the most gorgeous Ooh. car? But no, you should see that movie. It's a it's very, a really, very really good, good movie. movie. I was shocked how good that was. It's so good, well, and the soundtrack is amazing. Devils, so, sixty mm-hmm. Devilles. There are only 60 in all of, them? of the world. Yes. Oh, wow. that's why it's so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> How much? You can't have one. Every last one was hand built. Oh How wow. much they cost, Andy? Uh, I don't know. If Let's see who has one. Jay Leno. Yeah, He'll exactly. have yeah, one. Yeah, Jay Leno will Jay, have one. You're Reggie right. Jackson. Reggie Probably. Jackson buys well, lots of cars. Well, here's one that yeah. was for auction. Let's see. When was this? Uh, 2013. Oh, wow. It was up for auction for 70000 and no one bought it. What? Wow. What a bargain. Uh, what? Bring it by, I'll buy it right It was in Fort now. Lauderdale, too. <gasps> it was? You could have bought wow. it. Maybe it was oh, in bad shape. God. Was it in bad shape? It must have been. Well, the, by the picture, it looks fine to me. It, was it through had a cracked engine. The suspension well, was yeah, falling I'm out. I'm sure it probably didn't drive, if I had to guess. I guarantee you, if I bought that car, I promise you, if I bought that car, I would buy the, one of those big, wide-brim hats and wear it cocked like Al Capone. Mm. <laughs> Why don't you just do that in your mafia car that you've got now? I don't have a mafia car. Now I have a family vehicle. It was inspected and serviced by Jaguar. Uh, Yeah. It's a beautiful car. 8,000 miles on it. I'm I'm not really a car, you know, like crazy person, but that car. That's a great looking car. Like if somebody gave me that car, I would like it. For $70,000, yeah, that's pretty crazy. They're they're not worth very much money. That's interesting. It looks really nice. Oh, it's just beautiful. I suppose you couldn't take it anywhere. That's the problem. Well, it's like the old Jags. They they were very stylish cars. I mean, they really were. You know what you'd have to do with that? You you could literally, if you lived on Palm Beach Island, you could drive that No, you can't drive that here. Not here well, or, you don't want or a, off the island. You don't want any salt spray on that car. No, no. <laughs> no you don't. <laughs> oh, there's a, Plus, people would spit on you. There's one in England that's for sale for $125,000. That's it? Or pounds. Yeah. God, oh. you would think that that would so be like millions. You can't get any gas to run it, though. Uh, my birthday's know? coming up, Catherine. I want you to They're know. like questioning whether they can drive places in England right now because they don't know if they'll oh, get really? back because they can't get gas. Mm. Apparently it's a huge issue right now with gas in England. Have you heard that there's a whole ton of ships right on the yeah. coast yep. of California and they're not letting them get unloaded? That's correct. Was new, Nobody I know can, that was before, I, but that's happening again now? Yes. and I mean, and there's all these rumors on the internet that it's the Biden administration is forcing shortages for some strange reason. Oh, I don't know God. what that is. What I don't know. I just why won't they unload the ships? I don't know. I know. I know. Before there was an issue with dock workers and COVID, but that was earlier. I boy, I haven't heard anything They're recently outside, about that. They're outside. They use cranes. Uh, seems like it would be fairly safe. Fifty-six outside. cargo ships. Wow. Stuck off. Fifty-six and of them just off of the and California coast. And it's coast. the government. It's the admin. It's does the Biden it say administration why? saying that they can't unload them. Um. 
There aren't any Haitians on them. Are, are they why. saying because the people haven't been tested on the ships? I mean, we're letting people well, in by the tens They're, of thousands without being they, tested. Some of them do have COVID, too. So, yeah. Uh, apparently, a lot of it is because of the labor shortage. It's a labor issue. So it is the government doing issue. it. It's just mm-hmm. not a direct, you know. You pay people not to work, they're not going to work. That's how it works. Ironically. Does it? Ironically, that is how it works. Ironically. Dan was at a Jimmy John's the other day. That's Fawn lo- lost her first tooth on a Jimmy John's on sandwich. On a Jimmy John's right. sandwich, exactly. Yeah. There you go. Um, she was eating, and I heard a crunch, and she looked at me. just like had yeah. this blank stare, and her tooth was just dangling there. Nice. Um, but yeah, on the door, it was like they had just, you could tell that the employees just printed this out. Like it was not approved by Jimmy John's, I don't think. And it was like, due to the state of the world, we are very short staffed. Mm-hmm. Please be kind to the people that did choose yeah. to show up yeah. for work. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, the average uh, wait time per ship is eight days. Whoa. Wow. wow. I was at yeah. a, I was at a fresh did, time. Is that normally a thing they oh. used to do in one day? Uh, I'm guessing. I mean, that's a huge port. That's a very huge port, yes. Wow. Um, I was at a fresh thyme market, and the woman, there was like, I don't know, eight people standing in line. And I said, could you please call somebody up? And she says, I would if we had anybody that showed up today other than me. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, man. They have to stop with the unemployment. Yeah, when is that? They really, yeah, they really have to, to stop. A lot of states, it has stopped, but Minnesota Minnesota, of course, yep, decided. Yeah. Keep I, paying people not to work. I don't think they're going to stop it. Well, you know, they the, don't want people to work because they want small businesses to go out of business. Uh, so all the megacorps in their pocket can swoop in and take over everything. Oh, boy. <laughs> but a life. That's, did you hear... Um, how Joe Biden did a speech a few days ago or whatever, and he was talking about how Florida, I think he was in Florida, I don't know, he was talking about Florida, he was talking about how um, hurricane season is coming. Coming? Yeah. He's like, hurricane season is coming, and you want to know what he said. the three that already hit? You know what he said the best thing to do to prepare for hurricane season was? What? Get vaccinated. Oh, my God. Of course that's what he said. (laughs) Politicians just get away from me. Dan showed me the audio last night, and he just started cracking up because he's like, "This has just got to the point." It's really insane. Where it just—it's so ridiculous. I'm surprised he didn't say prepay your taxes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's like, "The hurricane season is coming, and the best thing you can do to prepare is to get vaccinated." It wouldn't be great if the hurricane came out and you're vaccinated just went right around you. If you're stuck in your house because of a hurricane. You're not catching anything. You know what's oh so God. funny is the national media gives Florida like I mean it make I mean it's hilarious how much time they spend on hating on Florida. It's a rep- they don't move Wait, there. Va- vaccination rates in Florida are just as high as Minnesota. Yeah, they They're are. just as high, yep. and people are. But so many people are dying. It's like there's a ton more people in Florida yeah, than so you think. Money. Well, that's like when we there's went almost to almost thirty million. It's like yeah. the yeah. fifth more most people... populous state, I think, or I think, something yeah. like third. Yeah, I no, think maybe it's fourth. Gotten, maybe fourth. I think it, it's gotten way up there. Let's see here. A lot of New Yorkers that like. Where we are in Palm Beach County. That's true. They all go oh, there. Oh, my God. Well, they all move they there. It's the third most populous yeah. state. Yeah, it's third most popular. Third, third most third populous. Over, it's, yeah. It beats out New York. Yep. Well, that was like mm-hmm. when we went it's there California, last year. 
When we California, Texas, then California. Texas, then Florida. Yeah. California, Texas, and wow. Florida. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. It's you weird. notice they're all beneath the Mason Dixon line where all the heat is. Well, <laughs> that's where everybody moved now. It's like, hey, it's warm down here. Well, New York's fourth, isn't it? New York is fourth. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the immigration. And well, and it's so, so much smaller. New York is so much smaller. Pennsylvania than is fifth. Yeah, Pennsylvania yeah. would be fifth. Not a close fifth, though. I oh, don't yeah. give me that knowing <laughs> nod. He looks at me and goes, hey, there are two people. Oh, there's a person and a business. It's their birthday today, right? The business's birthday? Yeah. A business's birthday and our friend's birthday. Today is Tino Lettieri's oh, birthday. Happy huh? birthday, Tino. Tino. Tino Lettieri, one of my favorite people in the world. He's a lovely man. He is. Married he to Louie and actually Francine and Louie's daughter. Thank you. I was like, yeah, he's not married to Louie. I would say that's fair. <laughs> no, I, I was going to go Louis Francine, but I went Francine Louis just to piss him off. But, but in any case, no, uh, Tino is one of my favorite people on earth. Just a lovely man. So, what birthday for a business? Today's the 23rd birthday of. Anybody know? Um, no idea. 23rd birthday of Google. Really? That sounds about. Wait, really? No. That's well, their 23rd or birthday. Alphabet Incorporated. Because a lot of people don't know Alphabet is actually the company that owns that Google. That owns Google. Google, I think, is the one that's 23 today. That, wow. make, that would make more sense because Alphabet, I'm pretty sure, is actually relatively... Oh, well, I mean, technically it was founded in 2015, but, you know, the predecessor. Mm. Yeah. But you did you find Google's go. 23? Google LLC? Oh, yeah, it's only 23 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, no, that whole... Uh, so you said only 23? So I wouldn't have thought it was 23. Well, it's 1998. That was eight, seven, eight, nine years oh, after wow. some of them already wow. established. Yahoo, I'm pretty sure, is much older. Oh, yeah. 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 Yahoo, 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 I seem to remember. But it can't be that much older. Well, yeah, four like, years yeah. older, yeah. 27 only years. Hmm. How about... Well, before that, it was like, unless you were on a college camp, like an Ivy League college campus, or you were part of the government, yeah. you didn't have access to the internet. That's true. So. How about Ask Jeeves? How old is Ask that? Ask Jeeves. Was that the, like the first search engine? It was early. Uh, no, Yahoo was first. Well, Yahoo was Dogpile? first. When was Ask Dogpile? Jeeves was 96. So when, just in the middle. When was Dogpile? Dogpile. What the hell was Dogpile? Also 96. 96. Really? Ask yeah. Jeeves, what was that? What was another early one? Oh. Uh, I know I avoided it like I do now. We have someone on the phone. I don't know who. Someone's some calling caller. in. Yep, random caller. Hello, who is it? Hey, it's Eric from Denver. Eric from Denver. Eric from Denver, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Never better. What's the latest? Well, you guys were talking about the uh, ports earlier, and I had read that the uh, ships were out there because they don't have anywhere to put the product because the, there's not enough trucks. Mm, the truck issue. That could so be part of the truck issue as well. So that's a, an unloading issue because there's nobody to unload them. Yeah. It's a trucking mm. issue. It's a parts issue. God, they got all these different Is this issues. called infrastructure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It used to be. Logistics. Mm-hmm. Infrastructure. So, Eric, do they have do they have an idea when this thing might be solved? When we might be back to normal? Nope. No Not, idea. Uh, in the article I read, there was you know it, it's like anything else. It's just a, it's a labor shortage. Mm. Yeah, it it is. And somebody told me for about the fifteenth time in the last two years that the trucking industry is going to shut down completely if they don't do something about it. Well, uh, we were talking about this yesterday, and they said you know uh, in, in Europe everything's near. The rivers, the oceans, yeah. but the railways, the railways are uh, 
phenomenal out there, and everything's shipped sure. on the railway. Right. Yep. I don't understand why we don't do that more in America, particularly in the western part of the country. There's just nothing out there, including yeah. people. Well, Eric, we appreciate you. On the road for the Tom Bernard podcast, Eric in Denver. See, I just gave you a reporter's <laughs> credit. What do you think? That's, Thanks, guys. The Thank transportation you. issue is a big difference on why you can have such low um, alcohol uh, limits in Europe because you shouldn't oh, yeah. be driving. Yeah. Where, yeah. you know, the problem if you put it at, you know, one beer and you make that uh, law in Minnesota or you make that law in the United States is is people don't have a way to get around. Yeah, they you don't. Know? They, I mean, it's, it is pretty <clears> Which amazing. is why we've been higher typically or we were 0.1 or 0.14 at one point and now we're 0.08. Oh, Canada's so. got a lot of space and they don't tolerate drinking. They've got better transportation than we do in a lot of areas too. That's right. They well, do have a lot of rail. Yeah. yeah, they do have a lot of trains. I yeah. love the CP. They have trains and buses and and we don't. We just have never really gotten that kind of infrastructure done that <laughs> traveling, other than in a couple cities. Wasn't you know? the rail the rail system here primarily used to ship things? Yes, it was all sure. shipping. Yeah. Well, sure. the East Coast yeah. has really great. Rail. Yeah, they do. They have good rail. They do indeed. And the Bright Line's coming back, baby, next month. <laughs> Love the Bright Line. It's not made by Amtrak, is it? No. No, no it's made by. You heard about that? What? The derailment oh, in Montana no, yeah. killed oh, three yeah. people. Killed three people. Yeah. One of the cars flipped over. Derail in yeah, the year twenty twenty one. I do wonder sometimes how that happens. Yeah, it's like you're on a rail and then suddenly you're up. I mean, yeah, the like superhero how, come by and pop you yeah. over. Or I don't know. Yeah. Is it is it because the tracks are in poor shape? Is it because well, I don't think something to do with the tracks or the wheels. I, I don't think they've said yet. They haven't figured it out. But it is odd. Yeah, a villain came and <laughs> flipped. Well, the, one of the cars literally flipped over on its roof. Oh God! That had some speed going, baby. Oh yeah. Well, so, I still uh, remember that train I took in from the airport to where you guys are, where oh, I yeah. took the wrong train. Oh, you know. <laughs> oh, oh really? you took the tri rail. I took the other one. It's like Garbage. there's no way Catherine was on this one. <laughs> no, oh, there was not. I mean, I thought I was in, you know. Yeah. The tri rail is yet again a state train. I mean, it worked. Yeah. So one time it worked, my, but it's disgusting. The one mm-hmm. time in my marriage that I was like, I might leave my husband. <laughs> was, was over the tri rail. Mm-hmm. It kept breaking down. It broke down five times oh. from Fort Lauderdale to West Palm Beach, and Fawn was <laughs> a baby, <laughs> and we had been trapped. It was I like didn't a know whole it was thing. So horrible. And Dan, everybody was like, uses it. To Dan, especially to go to the airport. Yeah, everybody Dan does use it. Has a it. lot of people are on that train <laughs> yes. with me. Yes. A lot of bags, a lot of stuff. Yep, a lot of people Dan use still that. hasn't <laughs> had forgiven my mother for telling us to take it. No, I don't think they tell people to take <laughs> it. They just don't tell people there's two options. Yeah. That's you know? Well, there you wasn't another that, option. No, there wasn't. Oh, there, and then yeah, there wasn't. At that point, okay. it has only Scandinavian right. grudge. I call it. Oh, he'll st- yeah, he'll still be oh, like, yeah. he'll be mad I, for I don't the know rest why of his she life. couldn't just pick us up. <laughs> like, I don't know. You know what I love about that is you got tri rail, which I've never been on. I've never even well, been on tri rail. Go on it. And then you got Brightline, which they bring you a cocktail, right. a sandwich, a little dessert. Mm. It's like a European <laughs> train. It's well, a European train. You told train. me that. Yeah. Like, I'm waiting for my cocktail. <laughs> Where's my, my cocktail? My, where is my cocktail? I don't know that I would eat or drink anything on this Yeah, the only way you're going to have a cocktail on the tri rail is if you drink it out of a paper bag. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, pretty much true. One of those pre-mixed cocktails. Yep. Yep. I did, Fireball. Yeah. I remember a friend Fireball. of mine decided to take the Amtrak. She was so excited. She was mm-hmm. in her husband and their two little twins were going to take a cross-country trip mm-hmm. on the Amtrak. And they were so excited. They got the overnight car, blah, Ooh, blah, blah. They were going to go out to see some friend in Seattle or someplace and... She said she got on the train, looked at their car, and started to cry. (laughs) Really? She said it was dumpy, disgusting, old, shitty, Mm. and very expensive. Mm. Oh, my gosh. And very expensive. Yeah, Melissa wants to take a train trip one of these days, and I'm like, are there any non-gross ones? I don't know if you can. There's some cool ones in different. I mean, Chicago's got a here? I don't know. Used to Banff, we went in. Yeah, you know, Can- oh, couple yeah. Of places. in different yep. countries. Yeah. Like we took on our yeah, honeymoon. The Canadian Pacific. Is yeah, nice. on our honeymoon, mm. we went from Germany to Sweden to Denmark. Yeah, on a train, and it was like the train got on a boat and all this stuff. And the we train spent got the on night. a boat. Yeah, yeah, the train went wow. on a boat, they and then we went. They have to ferry it over to the, the island. Train on a boat. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's wow. an island. Seems very inefficient. Seems like yeah. having a train here and a train there would be easier, but you know. Well, like it was it. like to get from Sweden to Denmark, you have to take a boat. Well, I understand that. that and is so right. you get off yeah. the train and get on the boat. But then you just the put. Yeah, but then you just pre- actually the pretty cool. Train just goes on the track. How many cars are there on the? Boat? I don't. There were like a couple hundred people on the boat. Really? Yeah, and you just like got off. It was a <coughs> well, huge ferry, and there was like a restaurant and a bar and duty free huh. area and all that stuff. And yeah, we took it and we slept on it. It was really nice. The, I yeah. mean, the bed, the room was. Minuscule. I'm sure. And the beds, it was like a bunk bed situation. That fold up and down. No, those ones didn't fold. They were permanent, but the room was tiny. But it was like you didn't really spend much time in your room. No. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family. (laughs) 